Hey, 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 ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Blue Experience. Episode number 23, by the way, I still can't believe we're one episode away from having almost two years worth of, um, no, not two years, but 24 episodes, and it's going to be good, man, and this is going to be a very, very, very special one. I'm not even going to waste too much time, because as you can tell from the title of the stream, we have the one and only legend OG with us today to talk flight sim aviation and anything that we feel like we want to talk about and so without further ado let's just bring the man on he's agreed to stay up late in the uk <laughs> talk to us and our audience and we appreciate it chewy welcome aboard my friend matt how you doing glad to have you on board man appreciate being here Good to speak to you guys again it's nice i'm looking forward this is my second ever podcast and the second one that i've done with you xp so I'm, i mean if it's going to go anything like i want a year ago i think it's going to be good talks this evening so thank thanks both of you for having me on board amazing True. and this time it's going to be live it's live it's not recorded yeah, anymore, so right yeah. last time it was edited and recorded and all of my <laughs> awful swearing got like cut out and everything like that you know every you know that all went no yeah, it's live. There's yeah, no mistakes here. Th this one might have the explicit underneath on Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my word. Hey, man, it's all flights. I mean, it makes you do that sometimes, especially when your stream crashes right as you start your intro. But that's a different story for a different day. Actually, so, no, that's a perfect in. story for today. Let's start there, Chewie. Give me a story yeah. of just bitter frustration in flight sim like I mean, literally, literally today literally today <laughs> I, I went live and like put my notification like hey guys i'm feeling better today back live again and i said my introduction went hello how's everybody doing and then my streaming pc blue screened oh you know no. just you know it was like fine beforehand and then it blue screened and like okay you know all right one of those and then I'm trying to install model matching for Microsoft Flight Simulator. And, you know, that don't even get me started on that either. <laughs> but it's fine. You know, we're, we're all good. We're still flying. So, so yeah, you, you say about that. We've had it today, but it's all part of the parcel, right? It's all like, that's the, the fun and games of live content creation, right? It really is. Fun and games. <laughs> I know. I mean, yeah, it's it happened to me yesterday, too. As soon as I go live, hit the button. All of a sudden, I pan around with the drone cam in Microsoft Flight Sim. Boom. I'm done. But, you know, hey, as any quote-unquote professional YouTuber would do, I just rolled with it. Like, all right, fine. We're just going to do that. Like, and I, I know you... Good. You're like, I guess we're going to be uh, streaming the uh, opening screen today. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The blackshark.ai, you know, that's it. <laughs> and of, of course, the, the chat is always smart to see it right away. They go, uh-oh. What oh, they're the first to notice as soon as something's right but i like that with production that's one of my favorite things and that's something i wish like chats would do more if there's something wrong with production i want to know about it so that i can fix it straight away kind of thing but yeah it's always like because i use the capture cards and you'll see like a massive you know elgato screen just come up <laughs> and you're like oh no something's gone wrong you know you know and people will spot it straight away but it's good because the quicker people spot it the quicker it gets fixed right yeah yeah, and I they like, will let you know. I like the product yeah. placement you have in your camera. <laughs> like, what? Everything. There's so much stuff going on here. Are you talking about, like, wait, that side of me back there? Are you yeah. talking about that product? Placement? The Thrustmaster oh, yeah. TCA yoke in the back. You got the Star Wars. Like, you got yeah. the, what, is it? what airline is that back there? Uh, the airplane models. We got Virgin Atlantic up there. That was the first 747 that I flew on. And I've actually got, like, a really cool plaque thing 
up there as well, which a friend of mine got from the aircraft, which got retired and when it got chopped to pieces. Wow. And it's got like the seat plaque for the row that I sat on when I went on it. And then I've got two British Airways ones on it. I'm not a big like aviation model guy, but I mean, they look cool in the background. So, you know, yeah. Yeah. They're there. <laughs> they're there. Hint, hint for me. I'm looking at both of you guys. I'm looking at my background going, okay, I got to step my game up. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you need crazy lighting things going on. You know, you need like the... Crazy RGB PC yeah. in the background, all of yeah. that. I mean, you know, yeah, absolutely, dude. It's the next I mean, level. Since we're here, let's start here. I mean, we can go. We're gonna go way back soon, but let's start here. Your your studio. I'm looking at it. I, I watched your um your Thrustmaster event and a, and a bunch of other your streams. But you you had cameras everywhere, just pointing down, like from the ceiling over your right shoulder. How many cameras do you have in that studio? Right now, so I've got three at the moment, which is more than enough for me. I only daily utilize two of them, and the third one's kind of a roaming camera. So I've got the main DSLR Canon. I think it's a it's a Canon camera. I can't quite remember the. I think it's a 200D, which is kind of like my main DSLR. And then I've just got like the good old fashioned every streamer ever. It's illegal if you haven't used this yes. web camera, the Logitech C920. <laughs> As Esty's camera. If you haven't used that camera, you're not a streamer. I'm sorry. Uh, that's kind of like my, I guess, right over the shoulder view, which I kind of, you know, use for the yokes and everything like that when I'm landing and taking off. And then I've got a roaming DSLR Nikon camera as well on a tripod. So if I'm, you know, some of you guys know that I love to build Lego, so I can move that around and set that up. Or if I'm doing specific focus on pieces of hardware, I can change the zoom on that and move it around and stuff. So that doesn't get daily utilization, but um, it's really handy when I do need to use it to basically just have something there that's a little bit more mobile than the other two. And it's totally it, overkill, but, you know, screw Is that it. a custom desk you have there or you buy that somewhere? Yeah. Yeah, so this was all part of the redesign because obviously with everything that happened in 2020, I usually take a trip to America for Flight Sim Expo or something, um, but that wasn't on the card. So I had some budget spare and I thought, you know what, let's renovate the studio and make it kind of uh, my own world. As a lot of people know, I used to share this studio with my late father and I kind of needed a bit of a change of space and to make it my own. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, I renovated it and got this kind of U-shaped desk custom made 500 miles away in scotland wow. and it was shipped all the way down here um it cost me an absolute arm and a leg but when you spend 12 hours a day at it you know it's it's worth every penny so um yeah it's a really nice setup i'm kind of enclosed on all three sides by it but um um i i love it i'm really happy with it that's no, really yeah, absolutely. Cool. I'm, I'm look. I always like to look at streamers that I know people don't admit it and see. Hmm, let me see what they're doing now. Huh, <laughs> yeah. Okay, that looks good. I'm gonna try that and see if I can incorporate it in my stream. But your studio is an inspiration, though. Uh, I, I watched your journey setting it up, or you know, and and and. and streaming with it i'm like yeah i could see in your face that you are really pleased with the outcome of it you know mm -hmm. once it's always done but how was the process though redoing the entire thing oh i mean floating shelves these floating shelves 
Um, like, don't get me started on trying to... I'm never putting up floating shelves again in my life. I can't stand those things. Um, yeah, and it was it was weird things. It was just like painting white. I, why did I go with pure white? It was such a stupid decision to go with pure white for the walls with the painting. But, I mean, it's all worked out. In the end. And it's kind of like the little... You know, I notice things about it even now where I look and the paint isn't quite perfect. And it's like, oh, if I wanted the uber crazy professional studio, that would be fixed. But I kind of like it because me and mum did it as a project together and it was good fun and we had a real good laugh doing it. And so actually those little imperfections are some of my fondest parts of the studio. And it's still adapting now. There's still a lot of work I've got to do on it, to be honest with you. Like you guys can see the, the radiator in the background there. I want to try and get a cover on that so that looks a little bit better on the live stream because you can see like the pipes hanging down from it. I know 99% of people will never notice it, but I notice it every single day and it annoys me. Um, you know, and like the door, nobody ever sees the door on my live stream, but I want a different door on here. So it's kind of like a rolling project, really, I guess, in a way, there's still some things I need to do. And what a lot of people also don't know is that I've got a loft area directly above me is this is a converted garage. And so uh, we need to like clear that out sometime and make mm. some more storage space up there. So even though the vast majority of it has been done for over a year now and it's kind of stayed very static, um, it's still a rolling project, which I like. So um, yeah, it was it was quite a it was quite a long journey, especially like getting the desk here and 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 getting that all moved in. But once the pieces started to come together, it was remarkable how quick. You know, I had all of my wires cabled and my you know, internet routes done and everything like that on a day. Um, that didn't take me a whole lot of time. Um, and, the, you know, the flooring was done professionally and stuff like that instead of me fighting around with panels and stuff. So, um, yeah, it was a really fun process. And um, I, uh, I I really love it. I spend way too much time down here now. I need to I need to get out a little bit more, I think. But don't, <laughs> don't we all, right? It's quite simple, don't we all? I'm going to say good luck finishing it because I did some yeah. renovations uh, almost a year now. And every day I look at the different things that I need to finish up that yeah. never gets done. And it's just something else that takes your time up. But it's yours. You did it. It's a labor of love and you're enjoying it. So, you know, talking about uh, wires, um, how is your wire management? I, I was, was watching some stream you do. <laughs> Yeah. And he judges setups and look at your wire management. How is that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that was something that was absolutely critical to me to get as best as I could, but also not be too pedantic on it that I spent my entire life worrying about cable management. So entire the so across the entirety of the desk, there are trays that go all the way across. So all of my cabling is on these trays, which makes my life a lot easier. So the only cables that hang down below the desk are power leads, basically to the wall sockets and things like ethernets and stuff like that. Mm. And just a few awkward cables here and there. But the vast majority of things are all cable managed in these massive trays. Now, the, the trays themselves are an absolute mess. If I try and route something, you know, if I need to move a cable out from the tray on the underside of the desk, it's a pain. But, you know, if anybody walks into the studio or anything like that and even looks underneath the desk, they're not going to see thousands of wires all hanging down below it. Um, so it's kind of like there is cable management, but it's not it's not the most clean setup in the world. I could definitely do more with the cable management if I wanted to. But frankly, I can't be bothered. 
Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say too, like I'm, I'm pretty sure over the years of, of streaming flight sim and doing that, that you've accumulated a lot of flight sim hardware, and all these hardware mm. come with cables, and it's something that I yeah. personally struggle with because I tend to jump between different yokes and joysticks, like from stream to stream, and like they don't all use the exact same cables. So I gotta move it out the way and then remount it. So like, how does that go with cable management for you? So I simply keep it as, as simple as possible. I decide what I'm flying on the day and what hardware I need. And I've got like a, I don't know if you guys have got Ikea over there, but there's got kind of like these four by four box Kallax units. They're basically yes. called. And I put the, the joysticks into there um, and I've got some like drawers that pull out. So the yokes and things that I'm not using, I can put into there and I can just pull out the drawer or pull out the yoke put them on my desk and then I've got USB ports on the front side of the PC. So I'm not rooting all the way over the back of the PC and trying to get into USB ports over there and faffing with all of that. And it doesn't look the tidiest when you've got cables running across the desk here onto the front. But it just makes my life so much easier having to route one or two cables. And with the TCA yoke at the back there, I don't know if you guys can see it easily, yep. but it's actually because of the thickness of my desk, the base clamp will not fit onto my desk because there's a wooden section and then a metal section uh, on the front panel here, which is just my you. bad design. I should have thought about a clamping section, but I'm I didn't. looking at it right now going, that's a yeah. big space, but with the metal yeah, part here. Huh. Yeah, mine's, mine's, I mean, that space there and then add, I don't know, maybe another inch or so. So it's it's pretty darn heavy duty, this desk. Wow. So I've got that, it's, it's basically, it's a racing wheel stand that I've hmm. adapted to that nice. Yocon. And then with the with the TCA throttle quadrants, which I've got two of, I basically route them all into like a USB adapter and then have one USB cable that goes into the PC. And I've never had any connection issues with that just little USB adapter and stuff. So, yeah, I, I decide what, what aircraft I'm flying on the day, what hardware I need for it, put it out from my little unit or from the, the corner there, those legs fold up that it's currently on at the moment, put it on my desk or in that case, slot it underneath the desk, plug in the USBs and I'm ready to go. And then at the end of the day, just put them away again. Um, and it just keeps my desk a little bit cleaner. You know, I used to have all the joysticks and stuff kind of tucked away here and there and hidden behind my monitors when I wasn't <laughs> using them. And it just started to get a bit cluttered because, you know, there were so many. Uh, so, many. so um, it just keeps things a little bit tidier when I'm not simming. Um, I'm going to transition here and ask you this, then. See, I'm looking at your organization. You, you pretty much have it all sorted out the way you like. It's clean. It looks good. Does this does this tie back into your past? Because uh, I had a chance to interview Chewy before when I was at Threshold, and a lot of people don't know that you were uh, before this. But might be, correct me if I'm wrong. You were a professional broadcaster. Uh, yeah. for something else. Did all of that tie into your, your past as a professional broadcaster? And can we start there and, and talk about your history, what led you up to flight simming and stuff, you know, for where you started yeah. to where you are now? Sure. Honestly, I don't, I don't know whether my broadcasting past necessarily... It certainly impacted me in terms of the production quality, in terms of, like, me noticing about the the under there like i get annoyed at myself sometimes if i don't have the cable sat behind my shoulder that's an old broadcasting trick oh, by the way for anybody who doesn't know you're really self-conscious now aren't you like oh yeah. so that's an old like broadcasting trick that you used to always do before you go live you would kind of have like a little bit of a checklist you know like is your hair good have you got anything in your teeth 
you know, are your flies undone if you're on a full body camera and is the cable behind your shoulder kind of thing. So it's it thing it's things like that with production that I, I learned in the professional industry a lot, which I've taken into here. And it was just a genuine passion for it all. I loved camera, you know, like that's why I've got three cameras. I don't need three cameras, but I love the production of setting that stuff up and having the different overlays for it and stuff. So that's certainly fed into things. In terms of the organizational stuff, that's all come through trial and error. Like that whole setup that I talked about with the Calax unit and things, that's actually only come into the studio within the last month. Beforehand, I had everything on the desk or was like trying to move it around, you know, on the floor or something like that. It wasn't that organized. So that's all just come through trial and error. And that goes for some of the other production elements like the, the stream PC with the gaming PC as well. You know, that that's something that's a big step up for a lot of broadcasters to do to, to have that dual PC set up because it can be a real... Uh, faff for lack of a better phrase to set up um so i yeah i learned a lot from my broadcasting days with with things like that um um and yeah the organizational stuff has just come through trial and error and it's those kind of things that i've always had the aim and i think xp we spoke about this on the last podcast a lot of the stuff that i do for my live streams the live stream will never notice and they'll never have any the wiser that i'm doing those things or that i've done those things or that i've spent three hours trying to cable manage a single cable you know or anything like that um that's a bit of an exaggeration um but that's the point the point is that it should be a smooth and seamless stream for people um and a lot of streamers can get away with doing that with just setting up a webcam and going live and, and they're quite happy with that and their users and, and viewers get a really great experience with that. But I just, I don't know, I kind of like taking pride in my production value um, and the way that I organize things, not only for the content that people are watching, but just for my own sanity. It just makes my life a lot easier if I've got things in the right place at the right time and I'm not having to frantically search for stuff or worry why a certain cable in a certain place isn't working the same way as it was doing the day beforehand. Um, you know, we all have produ production issues and things always go wrong. That's just part of the parcel with working with technology, right? But, always, um, always. It's just I'm trying to, with the setup that I've got here, I'm trying to limit that as much as possible, I guess. So um, for those who don't know, how did you come? Let's start from the beginning. How did you get into flight simming? That's the question that we, that's like question number one, check. How did you get into flight simming? So how did it start for you? How yeah, how did you get into you flight go? simming and how did you get into flight sim streaming? Yeah, so I got into flight simulation by doing what every kid shouldn't do and not paying attention in maths class. And know how I said math and not maths class, as we say here in England, which is the correct pronunciation of the word maths with an S at the end. Yeah, uh, yeah, so, yeah, I wasn't paying attention in math class. Me and a friend of mine just basically used to speak about anything that wasn't maths. And um, one day it came up that he'd got flight simulation with the... the can you still believe that the Logitech yoke is still going? That used to be like SciTech back then. It's still the exact same product. Like, you know, this was Eight. Um, and he'd got one of those for like a birthday present, I think, and invited me over to his house. And then I ended up getting like an old, like little Logitech. I can't even remember what joystick it was. It was some ambidextrous, you know, little Logitech side stick thing. And I got FSX, the original one. I remember buying it from a computer store here called PC World, which anybody in the UK will know well. Um, and using it on a computer that, I mean, the computer was so bad that, you know, like on FSX, you had the, the slider scales for the autogen. There was a certain level where the autogen buildings were just white buildings. 
they didn't even have <laughs> textures on them and my pc couldn't even handle those wow. you know so it was it was it was it was great and and i just used to do it very casually and then it was one of those it, flight simulation was always one of those things that i drifted away from you know i would spend six months not doing anything in fsx and then i would watch a frugal sim video we love pete pete's a good friend of mine now and I, you know i used to watch a frugal sim video or something like that um and would get back into it for a little while and then come away from it and stuff and i really started to get into flight simulation fully during my years at university as an escape from university and that leads into the broadcasting side of things i was finishing up my career in esports broadcasting in late 2015 and i was in my final year at university at the time and in february of 2016 I thought I've been learning a little bit about flight simulation. I'm very familiar with the Twitch website um, and everything like that. Why don't I just stream it in some free time away from my last year at university, just for a bit of an escape from my studies. Um, and, you know, as they say, the, the rest is history, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. I guess you started seeing that audience. Did your audience build all in uh, quickly or how was that where you just started getting noticed and, and building from one one person to five to ten to a hundred to two hundred to three hundred yeah. how was that I, journey I, I don't remember because it was six years ago you know i'm 28 yep. going on 82 right now my brain doesn't work <laughs> that far back so um it's true believe me so um i it's weird i there are i have like some memories it's almost like when you're you know you have like childhood memories of certain like you get certain flashbacks of things i've got certain flashbacks of certain live streams back in 2016 but there's a lot of it that unless i watch videos of it i don't actually remember that much but i think it's like a lot of people's progress on any sort of social media platform or broadcasting platform Unless you get a lot of help from other people kind of feeding you viewers from their own channels, it's all an organic process. We've got to remember that I think back in 2017, I once was told a stat from a Twitch member of staff that FSX was ranked 210th on the like, leaderboards of categories on Twitch. You know, it's, it, it's still a, a small fish in the but ground. Was that a good thing or a bad Twitch. thing back then? Uh, I, th I think it plays both ways. I really do um and that's a you know we could get into that topic for hours i'm sure um and so it was it was just a case of kind of slowly building my name you know keep it, the key to it and i've spoken about this with xp i'm pretty sure again in the past is consistency you know people knew that at this time on this day of the week i would be live and and that's i think was the key to the success for me um and uh, you, you know, not only with the consistency, but it was the consistency in what I was doing and the broadcast style that I was doing and everything like that and the hours that I was live. And I think that helps play a lot into it because there's there's no there's nothing much more damaging that you can do for your channel as an inspiring content creator than being sporadic with the way that you do things, in my opinion. If you're mm. really trying to take content creation seriously and you have a consistent schedule that you do for a month, and then you disappear without a word for a month and a half. And then you come back again and try and go into that same schedule that you had before. It's like a weight loss journey, you know, like you lose the weight really quickly. And then if you go back to bad habits again, you put on the weight, uh, the double the speed that you lost it in the first place. Um, and I feel that's very similar with content creation, especially when you're on the rise. It can happen like that. Um so it's yeah i think that was the key for me in 2016 was just consistency i don't 
ever remember a specific point in it going, oh, okay, this is really starting to gain some traction now. I was just having fun and I was just enjoying my time away from university, really, um, which I'm still very lucky enough to be doing now six years later. Well, I like what you said, and I want a lot of you guys in the audience to take take notes because uh, I get a lot of questions. Hey, how do I get into the streaming? How do I get audience? Uh, what Joey just said is like be consistent, but also notice that the little things you do makes a difference. It might not you might not be able to pinpoint it, but you can tell somebody who spent some time and effort into what they're doing, and somebody just says, "Okay, I'm just going to go stream today." You know, mm. I, I think that's what I see with your streams is is that you 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 have that level that people don't recognize what it takes to put into it, but all they know is that hmm, Chewy stream always looks good. Why does your sim look better than mine? Why does your you know? And you're like, I'm rocking the same settings you are, but yeah. I'm presenting it differently. You know, yeah, what I mean? yeah. something <laughs> like that. So, yeah, I'd say take notes of that. Definitely. And you know, I'm gonna jump into the meat of it here because you said something about moving a slider on buildings that were just all white. How do we go from that to photogrammetry? Like that even <laughs> so lucky. It 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 almost annoys me how there are still people out there who don't realize how lucky we are to have what we've got in the simulator world nowadays. And I unfortunately feel like a lot of the people are people who never experienced those days. Like when we've got critics of you know, Microsoft Flight Simulator specifically at the moment about relatively trivial things that are well in the grasp of a Sobo fixing and things like that. And I'm like, dude, have you looked at the simulator? When I first started, I was on a 2D panel with, you know, buildings that I couldn't even run with textures on it. You know, this I spotted my house in it. You know, the first ever time I visited the sim in Seattle, I, I literally could see my house, which is absurd. Um, and so... I think we're so, so, so privileged and lucky to be able to have not just Microsoft Flight Sim, but the range of simulators that we do. I've always stated that I think the one huge factor that is so amazing about the flight simulation community is one word and one word only, and that is choice. Imagine being like heavily involved in Call of Duty, for example, which I used to be, and you get a crap Call of Duty game that comes out you are stuck with that for a year whether you like it or not and if it is your you know bread and butter so to speak and it's your job you've got to basically either find something new and take a risk and take a punt trying to find a different category to make content in or you've got to stick with a game that you don't enjoy playing or that people don't enjoy watching very much and that can really be damaging financially mentally you know like inspirationally with flight simulation we've got you know, prepared, people still playing FSX, you've got X-Plane 11 coming 12 soon, Microsoft Flight Sim, DCS, all sorts of different things. And there's an audience out there for all of them. And what's really lovely is that there's also an audience, not just for the individual Sims, but for the combined Sims as well, who don't give a flying flamingo which simulator you're playing. They just want to see the simulator. Um, And I think we're just so, so, so lucky to be able to have all that choice. I'll be honest, When I, one thing I was concerned about when Microsoft Flight Sim came out was how are the audience going to listen or watch 
you know the different sims are they gonna all split like i'm only gonna watch you know you fly or someone fly x plane i'm only gonna watch you do p3d only microsoft flight sim but it actually turned out to not be that way i think in the very beginning when microsoft first came out you know people were kind of curious because they didn't have it yet they were all watching microsoft flight some content but then you know as they started to see kind of like what microsoft was and it kind of revealed itself on some of the things it was missing then it kind of i feel like it was you'll see multiple streamers now streaming three different sims and it didn't matter what sim they were you know streaming people the same amount of audience would come out to enjoy watching them and that's something i i'm happy about because like if you think about call of duty compared to other first person shooters it depends on the content creator i think as well uh but a lot of times people will only come for that one game uh not the other variations of it yeah it's one of those things that I've always found incredibly interesting. I don't take a huge amount of time to analyze statistics on whether I'm flying a specific aircraft in a specific simulator and what my analytics are in comparison to another one. There is an element of that because I need to ensure that the people who are watching my live streams are enjoying what there is, uh, you know, what I'm showing. Um, but it, it's still so lovely to see that there is a consistent kind of baseline viewership, you know, whether I'm flying uh, a 727 in X-Plane 11 with purely steam gauges and then crossing over to, you know, something like a 747-8 with all of its modern technology in P3D and then, you know, the A320neo or something like that or even a helicopter Microsoft Flight Sim. And so I think that's, yeah, I think that's always a, a worrying thing and I, again that's why we're so lucky as content creators as well is that we do have such a supportive you know global community within flight simulation of people who want to watch all of these different things of course you're going to have people who've got preferences and people who've got opinions on things and that's fine but i still feel like at the core of flight simulation flight simmers are fans of just flight simulators it doesn't matter which one it really is it almost doesn't matter which one you're flying and when and where as long as you're in a flight simulator, um, I think the real kind of core fans and the vast majority of our community are, are just happy to be able to see some sort of virtual aviation, really. Truth be told, I did have a fear when Microsoft dropped that I'm going to end up in a position where I was forced to stream one sim or the other. And I remember mm. I did a lot of Microsoft stuff, and I'm like, man, I'm going back to explain. It is not as pretty as Microsoft. Is the audience going to mind or care or are they going to say something? I was like, yeah. you know what? I'm just go for it. So I look for like my best explained scenery I could find where <laughs> I had good ortho, you know, let me, let me not go from, you know, this here to this down here and land where it is like default explained scenery or whatever. And I did it. And honestly, nobody cared. I cared more about it than, than the audience did, you know, and then now I, I get into a stream and in the chat, it's always which simulator is this? And I smiled yeah. to myself because once you're in a cockpit, they don't even, like their brain doesn't grasp it or something. I could tell, but they're just like whatever. So you know what? I love it. I love the fact that yes, you're right. The choices that we have uh, with the the different simulators. I don't have P3D, but there's tons of people who fly P3D still. Explain to us is just coming around. Plus Microsoft Flight Sim. So <clears throat> the question is now with with everything that's on the horizon. Microsoft is still going up pmdg fenix but x-plane's got all these planes coming out i mean has it ever been this busy in the sim community as far as you can remember with just different platforms having so much going on no so i was speaking to uh the one and only robert randazzo love him or hate him um the other day he's a very dear friend of mine um and obviously speaking things you know pmdg and everything and stuff and 
and he's been really excited about Microsoft Flight Sim. I mean, he's been developing flight simulator products, I think, showing his old age here because he is an old man, I think, since the <laughs> 80s. Wow. Um, and, um, you know, he, yeah, he's been doing this for a while. Um, I'm surprised he's not retiring soon, the old man. Uh, I hope he listens to this, by the way, because he always <laughs> ribs me. So it's my turn to rib him a bit. Um, and, and yeah, and, and, you know, and he says he's never seen anything like this. He really hasn't. And that's just, you know, regarding the one simulator with Microsoft Flight Sim. And he, I know he was really, really um, pumped for it because, you know, we've never seen anything like this in all of his decades and decades long of uh, experience in this community. And yeah, you know, with X-Plane and stuff like that as well, it's just, you know, like, it's win, 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 win for everybody, isn't it? It's win for the developers because they're making money and can you know, afford to do this as jobs and can afford to fund more projects. It's win for us as a community because we get more cool aircraft coming in and, again, goes back to that word of choice of different things to do. Um, and so, no, without a shadow of a doubt, I mean, I, I think I, I've had the predictions since the start of the year, especially you know, with the different things that are coming in and on the verge of releasing in all the different sims, it's pretty obvious that I think 2022 is, I hope, and it's very much looking likely going to be the biggest year for flight simulation yet. Bigger than 2020 when MSFS released, because although oh. that was a great release and there was a lot of hype about it, I especially found my viewer numbers went back to normal within three weeks. Once the kind of initial hype of the mainstream media had calmed down from it, everything kind of returned back to normal again really and it's been waiting for the stuff that's about to come out in that simulator hopefully soon tm um you know which i think will be the real kickstarter to that sim playing more of a forefront in the minds of people like me who love my high fidelity airliner stuff you know i know there's a vast range of different types of aviation out there um, but yeah, X-Plane as well, right? You know, um, P3D, we've got the FS Labs Concorde, which I know is in a stage oh, of yeah, testing right now. I think wow. a lot of people wow. are sleeping on that aircraft. I've got some very good friends who are testing it. They won't tell me a darn thing about it as much as I try. Um, but, uh, you know, I think a lot of people are sleeping on that project as well. And when that comes out, that I, I have a very strong feeling that that aircraft alone could very well see people keeping the prepared platform installed on their PC just for that aircraft alone. Hmm. Um, you know, if not for anything else. So even if that doesn't release in this year, I think, you know, going forward, um, uh, we've got a really strong basis now going, you know, um, and, and it's all really, I think now, thanks to, as it always has been, third-party developers, right? Where where would we be? This yeah. is a question for yeah. you guys. Where would we be without third-party developers? We wouldn't. Uh, wouldn't nowhere. We would have uh, three or four sims with just whatever the simulator, the company decided to give us, and that's it. That would be horrible. You know? That would suck. Yeah, would just... I, I would probably go play something else, <laughs> to be honest with you. <laughs> True. I mean, I think about that's... a simple program like Better Pushback Plugin, right? Mm. And now Toolbar Pushback. So once for X-Plane, once for Microsoft, it's freeware. Mm. I downloaded it, put it in there, and now I don't even have to worry about my pushback. It just gets done for me in X-Plane. Microsoft, I can stare it around whenever I want. That's freeware stuff, and that's not even payware yet. you know. So And then you enter the Challenger 650 in X-Plane, like oh. uh, the, the most simulated airplane ever. It's the goal, isn't it? Yeah. You know, and so it's a it's a team effort between the platform makers to make a good platform so that the developers and that's the thing, right, is working with the developers so they can get the best of your game out. You know, mm. so I you're absolutely right. The third party people are the one that 
runs this for us. And so we're going to be broke in 2022, <laughs> buying oh, all the add-ons that come out. Yeah. But I think with, with Microsoft Flight Sim, I think a lot of the developers, from what I'm seeing so far, it looks like a lot of developers are potentially leading down the line of a more affordable scale and basically almost going for, I'm not a business expert, but going almost for more of like a loss leader kind of tactic. Instead of charging ridiculous prices in relying on a lower price and selling more units. Mm. There's no confirmation on that. We've not got pricing on things for, for these high fidelity products, but just from what we've seen so far, I, I have a feeling that's probably going to be the way that we're going to go with things. And I think that's because Microsoft Flight Simulator specifically is so much more broadly available. There's so many more people who are playing Microsoft Flight Simulator over the other Sims, whether people like to admit that or not, whether X-Plane 12, evens out that balance a little bit more i don't know i still think microsoft flight sim is going to have quite a dramatic market share uh, and especially when you've got the in sim marketplace which as far as my understanding goes a lot of people i think a lot of people are under the impression that the in sim marketplace takes like an absolutely ginormous cut off of the developers from my understanding of it from the developers that i've spoken to it's relatively similar cut to what you get on other platforms and other websites as well that might not be a universal thing um, but, you know, having your products on the in-sim marketplace, I'm sure will, you know, be absolutely ridiculous. I always go back to the old stat, again, that uh, that Rob Randazzo states, that the DC-6, when that released from Microsoft Flight Simulator, it outsold all of the other platforms that it had previously been released on combined within 12 hours of release for Microsoft Flight Simulator. Wow. I didn't wow. know that. I didn't know that at all. Uh, yeah. Wow. So, and that's a DC six. What yeah. the heck is it going to be like for a seven three seven? You know, Randazzo. I mean, I'm getting on his yacht when he buys one. I don't even <laughs> care that he's planned it yet. But I mean, it's you, true. You know. <laughs> no, you're right. Look, I could, I could clearly say that. Yes, uh, if you look, if you compare sceneries right now, we don't have any pair of airplanes like airliners yet. But mm. the sceneries, it's almost not quite half the price, but. I've seen it on X Plane or some other website for twenty-seven, thirty dollars in the same scenery, identical from the same person. It's like twelve dollars, fifteen. And it bucks. looks better. Yes, yeah. it's so yeah. easy to get. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. The X Plane scenery is amazing, but MSFS scenery is just absolutely blown everything else away. And one of the big factors that I find with that is the blending. It's one thing that bugs me in the other simulators where you get the edge of the airport boundary going into the worldwide scenery. I've never noticed a boundary edge from a scenery unless there's like a deliberate fence there in Microsoft Flight Simulator. It blends in with everything else with the photogrammetry around it. With every scenery, whether it be freeware, you know, payware, a professional developer, a new developer and stuff. And I think that's one thing that's really, really great with that sim. But, you know, X-Plane's got great choices as well. Um, and, you know, P3D's always had like the huge, you know payware airports which were always very good you know quality and high fidelity and stuff so i think in all the sims there's really great choice for people out there but it's kind of been a, a bit of a wake-up call like oh my gosh i've spent so much money on scenery and prepared yeah. and you know, microsoft flight simulator has probably got more airport choice than p3d's ever had and half of those sceneries aren't even going to cost me a penny um you know so I think that's one of the big selling factors from Microsoft Flight Sim, as you guys say. You know, we were just discussing it before we went live. Go and have a look on flightsim.to, search for an IKO code, and there's a very good chance you're going to get a pretty good representation of an aircraft, uh, sorry, an airport that you're looking for. If not, it'll probably be in the marketplace at a pretty good price. 
Um, I mean, let, full disclosure. Yeah. Let me let me say, I've always called myself. I'm an X-plane guy because you know what? That's yeah. what I started with. I had a Mac when I started flying. I didn't have a PC, so I couldn't get anything else. It was the only flight simulator I could actually use because I had a Mac, which was like a potato PC. But Dang. hey, it got me into it. Then I bought a PC and I upgraded it, and then I bought three more since then. You know, but um, I'm an X-plane guy. And I just said to Blue today, we were talking earlier, I said, you know, yeah. I think I've finally drank the Microsoft Kool-Aid. It's not good. Yeah. <laughs> I think I have, <laughs> you know, um, because you could jump in anywhere, anywhere, parts of the world and with little effort already have your scenery. The author's already there. The trees are there. The downtown is already there. And you can explore some new places. Like I'm in the Middle East this week and I didn't do any work except two sceneries. That's it. Yeah. To set up for streaming. It's, it's lazy know? content creation, right? You know, gone are the days of us spending hours downloading author. The amount of hours that I spent downloading the entirety of France ortho autogen, and then whenever I fly over there in X plane, it's completely cloudy. <laughs> you can't see a thing. It's all bloody France weather. You can't see, you know. And I'm there like, right? I slaved for hours over this darn scenery, and I can't so even true. see any of it. You guys don't um, know half of it. It's true. Oh, you know, yeah. yeah, it's crazy. But, I mean, I still love the ortho stuff. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. And some of the packages that we've got for X-Plane are great. Yeah. But yeah. It, it, it can be lazy content creation because you can just find some airports and go, you know, like we were planning for this podcast and we were doing audio visual checks. And I was just like, yeah, those are two airports I've got in MSFS. Let's just install them. That'll do for tomorrow. I know I'll have the full scene and everything. Will be then done. <laughs> cool. That's my stream tomorrow sorted. I can, you know, have a late morning. Yeah, um, exactly. You know. Lazy, so, but we're lucky that we got it. I mean, I was a, I, I said this on Streamlab. I'm like, listen, uh, Laminar, you already have the flight physics down. You mm. already have all that done. I know you're going to work on the weather. I'm excited to see finally real icing build up and snow and stuff that they showcase. But we need some eye candy. We, we need some eye candy in X-Plane. I think that's where they need to, come, to compete, yeah. right? It, it, you know? It, it, it's going to be very interesting to see what X-Plane 12 brings to the table. Um, I've been very cautious of my opinions on X-Plane 12, and it's I, I, I unfortunately feel at the moment, and I would love to be proved wrong, that X-Plane 12 is actually going to be more like X-Plane 11.5. Um, and with that, I mean, because of how much of a jump Microsoft Flight Simulator was for simulators overall... I wonder whether X-Plane 12 is basically going to be more of the same of what X-Plane 11 was, which, don't get me wrong, is a very solid simulator. But yeah, as you say, um, there are certainly some elements to it that I feel if it ever, ever really, truly wants to compete with Microsoft Flight Simulator for market share, like visual-wise, they're just going to have to in they're going to have to improve quite dramatically. Maybe they've just like almost admitted defeat on that and go, let's go. We you know we can improve our visuals. We can certainly make a better job of it. But we know what we are strong at. Let's keep our you know games strong on that and concentrate on those focuses. And we know that we've got our hardcore fan base, and they will always be loyal to us. That's perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with that. And I think that's absolutely admirable to kind of almost admit defeat to the global superpower that is Microsoft in some regards. Maybe they are trying to stand up to them. And it's, I think it's a really healthy thing to have competition between these big developers, right? I think that's really great as well. But there's no doubt that taking things on literal face value, um, the visuals in X-Plane and in P3D for that matter, well, we can't forget that, in, in my opinion anyway, are substantially worse 
um, than than MSFS. And on the flight dynamics topic, there seems to be a humongous. I think I don't know whether it's a misconception or not, but a humongous amount of um, I don't know what the right word is, but controversy about the flight dynamics in Microsoft Flight Simulator. I've got another friend for another development team who I don't want to mention the name of just in case they don't want to be mentioned. It's not the Fenix team. I'm not breaking my NDA before somebody says I am. And it's not PMDG either. It's another <laughs> well-known established um, company. Um, and one of the, my, my good friends is a pilot as well in real world. And in his experience of developing for MSFS and other simulators as well, he thinks that they're virtually on par with flight dynamics. And he's really happy with the way that Microsoft Flight Simulator is improving with things. Yes, it's still got a long way to go. The icing model, you know, you can leave your aircraft for 10 minutes and it comes out looking like you've, you know, just walked away from the abominable snowman. Um, so there's certainly still a way to go with things, but... Um, I don't, I don't, I don't think the flight dynamics in MSFS are anywhere near as um, as bad as some people like to make out that it is. I think you know, some people. I'm still glad you brought that up because I, I like think I said this. Thing and that's it. Yeah, I'm glad you brought it up because I said to Blue one thing that I'm looking forward to competition-wise uh, when the PMDG 737 comes out. I want to fly that back to back with the Zebo and just mm-hmm. see flight dynamics-wise. What are the differences or similarities, of any, between them? I'm just curious at this point to, to compa- really compare them. I'm going to do a test. So, I mean, what do you think about that? You know, that would prove it once or perhaps PMDG, a great company, Azebo, a great developer that has hmm. worked on this thing for a long time, certified by other flight um, pilots and stuff. So, you know, what do you think? Yeah, I th- I think that's a really interesting one, and I've always been really cautious as a content creator to compare products made by different developers in different simulators because I think it can lead down to a really tricky path. Um, I've got friends, for example, I've got friends who fly for the same airline on the same aircraft type in real world. This is who have very 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 differing opinions about which simulator provides the best like dynamics um so if we've got industry standard professionals who have been flying aircraft you know for airlines major major airlines for you know years now having big subjective opinions on those kind of topics i don't think we'll ever really be able as just casual flight simmers to be able to compare that well um in in my personal opinion on that i think people can have personal preferences um but i still will never be able to understand how a flight simmer who's only been able to fly an aircraft in their bedroom or in their (laughs) studio can say that an aircraft's got better flight dynamics in one sim over another i'm like cool have you flown the real thing can you tell me that for a fact you know because how else would you know um but yes there is still an element of comparing people are naturally going to want to compare between all the different platforms people compare now i get questions every day is the pmdg 737 in p3d better than the zebo in x-plane i'm like well one's a freeware project based off a default aircraft in one simulator made by a bunch of people who are you know doing this for a hobby the other's made by a professional development company for a completely different simulator it's like yeah they're a 737 but that's about all they share in common yeah, I'm glad we're on this topic because I know we all get the same question all the time. I always hear it, and somebody in the chat actually mentioned a controversial uh, word, which was disinformation in the community. 
uh, about flight models. And we, we, we've always known, you know, in the community, X-Plan has always been known for being like the best flight model system, whatnot. And whenever Microsoft Flight Simulator, when they were, before they released, they did their discovery series, and we saw all they put into their flight model and their weather and how they integrate together. I was like, oh, this is amazing. Like, this is going to be like an amazing flight model, right? And then we get the sim and we start flying it. And then now everybody's complaining about how this is not working right, how this is not working right. And then recently I saw another uh, developer diary and and uh, I think they did a Q&A as well talking about specifically the next update coming up and how they're changing or the next couple updates coming up and how they're changing uh, some of the things in the flight model to work better with uh, with like, you know, for helicopters in the future, for, uh, for propeller blades, things like that that they're incorporating. And I'm like, man, like this, they're really putting a lot of time and effort and passion into the flight model that we've all, we've all been complaining about and like you said Chewie, i do agree with you like how how do we know as simmers how it's supposed to fly for one we're not like a professional in that area <laughs> you know what i mean like there's people who went to college went to school for you know for creating real airplanes in real life and they're over here making that in a sim so you know how are we to compare x-plane versus microsoft flights and we know austin and x-plane is always going to say he has a superior flight model right he, he made yeah. it it doesn't matter if he made a horrible thing he would still make, he would say that a cessna is the best plane ever created if he wanted to right he could say that right but we, we don't have to agree with him um and so I think it's it's interesting controversy, right? Because like, which one is better? Is there a way? Are they both equal? Like, you know, it's. I think it's kind of. I don't think anybody really knows. No, and I don't think in in a certain regard we need to know. I think one thing that it's controversial, but it's controversial for a lot of people in good manners that we strive as a community to want it to be the best and yeah. want it to be as realistic as possible, right? Any, I find a lot of the time any criticism given to Microsoft Flight Sim, even if it is relatively toxic criticism, giving how dare you release this simulator in this state, you know, blah, blah, blah. The flight dynamics are so awful. It's mainly because they are desperately wanting it to be as realistic as possible. And even though they're not projecting it in the best and most constructive manner, it's because they want the simulator really to succeed or they want to be able to fly the thing as best realistically as possible, right? Um and I think you will always, as I say, if I've got friends who fly the same aircraft type for the same airline who've got differing opinions on such fundamental matters, I don't ever see casual flight simmers ever having a unit, you know, an objective set answer on which is better in which regard. And it changes, right? Just on the on the, you know, people will say that the flight dynamics on like the Zebo might be better, but the systems on the PMDG might be better. The visuals on MSFS might be better, but the uh I, I don't know, the UI or something on X plane might be easier to use. The camera system in P2D with Chase Plane is better, blah 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 blah. There will always you will we will never have it perfect. God, I wish we could all amalgamate the best things of all those those sims into one. Yes. That would be great. But, you know, that's in a completely ideal world that we unfortunately don't live in. And I think we should be happy that we've got those different things and that we can compare them, that we've got 737. We're going to, you know, soon enough when the PMDG releases, we're going to have a really great high fidelity 737 in all of the major three sims, Mm -hmm. which is great. True. Yeah, that is true. A little sideways here of what we're talking about. For you as a... um, 
a streamer or just you as a simmer let's put it that way what is your minimum criteria for an add-on airplane where you think you will enjoy or not enjoy is there like a minimum criteria for you uh sound looks flight Mm. uh, what is the minimum for you what would you say absolutely Uh, i mean i don't expect the aircraft to have got the schematics from the real world aircraft implemented into it because i know that's a very difficult thing and not all add-on aircraft can quite go to that you know level of depth like the challenger however I feel that there is a certain level of, and it goes by developer de- to, from developer developer to you know sim to sim as well. Um, I'm basically just looking for it to be. I it, it sounds really weird, but it comes down to a matter of trust, and that's going to sound really like what the heck is this guy talking about? He's not in a relationship with the aircraft, you know. Um, <laughs> But, you know, it's a matter of am I absolutely petrified that my CDU is going to lock up on me or that if I'm going to click a button that I expect to work in a certain matter, is it going to work in that way or is it going to bug this one time? Or am I scared that the flight dynamics on it are going to make me fall out of the sky? If it's just a generally solid product, then I'm happy. Um, it doesn't necessarily matter about the system depth. Like you look at something like the um, the working title CJ4 mod, you can get that thing started in two minutes and get airborne if you really want to, but it is absolutely solid. It does what you expect it to do and it's a little freeware project. You know, I could name companies which I'm not going to who charge add-ons in triple figure prices and like the VNAV modeling on the thing makes my, you know, makes me want to rip my head out that I've just spent that much money on something that can't follow a simple VNAV path <laughs> on an arrival. And that's just the nature of the game. That's just how you play it, right? Sometimes you get lucky, you buy an add-on, you go, oh my God, why the hell have I bought this thing? Sometimes you'll download something for free and go, wicked, I'm having great fun in this. And so, yeah, Yeah. honestly, for me, it simply comes down to trust. If I'm going to press a button or do an action in it, is it going to do what I would expect it to do? And if it does, great, cool. I'm going to have fun with it. Yeah, it's funny because you you didn't say sound or you didn't say say, um, graphics. You know, I mean, yeah, those things come into a a part, but I mean, is it going to matter if the aircraft sounds and looks great if it's got me upside down in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean because it's bugged out and can't follow a flight plan? Thank you. Yeah, those things are great to have, and the eye candy and the ear candy are freaking awesome, and they complete a product, but. For, for for me, I, I, there are some simmers who will be happy with that and who will be happy with an aircraft that looks great and they can take some ridiculously nice screenshots and post them on Facebook pages with depth of field effects and get hundreds of likes on it and everything like that. And they'll be happy with that. Cool. I'm not going to judge them. If that's how they want to do their simulator time, wicked. You know, I think that's an artistry in itself. However... If I've had to, you know, mangle the aircraft around and do all sorts of weird autopilot modes just to be able to set up that screenshot to get it looking nice and all of that, that's that's not for me personally. So those things are all additional. Um, Absolutely. It's, It's more so about how the aircraft performs over how it looks and sounds for me. Yeah, doesn't break when you say, "Give me a direct to somewhere." Like, uh, yeah, crash later. See you. That's you know, it. it doesn't matter how good it looks if it if it can't do those simple functions, right? True, true. Uh, but don't get me wrong. You know, I I think I think visuals and sound are an incredibly important element for the immersive, and that's a completely different topic altogether, right? The immersion, and that's something especially that I've really started to get into with the Challenger. The fact that the level of immersion in that aircraft in X-Plane is unprecedented. And anybody watching and listening right now, if, you've, if you're if you not a business jet flyer and you're not an X-Plane flyer, 
it's worth getting into business jets and buying X-Plane 11 just to experience the aircraft, even if you've got no interest in business jets before, because it will absolutely change the way that you even think about how a product is in, in a simulator. You, f you actually feel like you're a pilot, right? Yeah. Not only is the system level depth incredible, but just simple things like walking to the FBO and signing off the fuel sheet and everything like Jeez. that. Um, yeah. Waiting for the fuel truck to arrive and um, timing to call the, the FBO at your top of descent so that the passenger truck arrives. And, and every, you know, it's the little things like that that we've never really had in a flight simulator, or not to my knowledge anyway. Um, and so that's where the elements of sound and visuals come into play to make it a product, a consumer product, right? Um, and so I don't think that they're um, an unimportant factor. I just think that for me personally, the system depth is the primary thing that I look for in a product. And then those things come into play afterwards. So going forward for you, you 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 definitely will be sticking with the, the you do you still fly FSX or just P3D now? No, P3D X one eleven and Microsoft Flight Sim. I mean I do play FSX, but we recently downloaded FSX again to do the original missions. Because, I mean, there's no greater simming experience, in my opinion, than some of the, like, the Loopy Larry mission in FSX. I mean, we were almost crying with laughter on my live stream the other day, trying <laughs> to do that, landing on top of a bus in that little, I can't remember what aircraft type it is now, but, it, you know, and, and that they're great fun. That's where simulation really started off for me back in those days. So technically, you could say I am still an FSX flyer, but yeah, only only for those uh, default missions, uh, which uh, I highly recommend people to download and and relive a bit of history if you haven't flown them for a while, because it's it's really good fun. Nostalgia flight, I would say, oh. definitely. Yeah. yeah All right. Absolutely. So. Looking forward, let's start with uh, anything coming up. Uh, you said P3D, there's a Concorde coming up that uh, oh. you're looking forward to. Uh, anything coming up for X-Plane that you're looking forward to aircraft-wise in development? Rotate you... MD-11. Yes. I, I've never flown a Rotate aircraft before. I've never flown an MD-11 before, but oh my God, I cannot wait that aircraft i don't know whether they're waiting for x-plane 12 i have a sneaky suspicion yep. that they could well be waiting for x-plane 12 because we've already had confirmation from certain developers like aerobasque with their uh, falcon 8x i think they're mm -hmm. waiting for x-plane 12 um regardless whether it comes out for 11 or 12 i cannot wait for that aircraft and actually that was another the aerobasque falcon 8x i can't wait for that aircraft to come out as well i think they're going to be really 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 great um, so hopefully they're strong um, in X-Plane um, and they kind of keep that platform, you know, going and keep it fresh on there. We don't really, I mean, I don't know in terms of high fidelity airliners, what else we've really got on the horizon for X-Plane coming at the moment. Yeah, the 777 version 2 from Flight Factor. Right. Yeah, and Flight Factor. finally yeah. a, a great 7-8 yeah. for X-Plane as well. Oh, um, really? I, that's news to me. Yeah, okay. Yeah, they're going to be doing, but we had them on the show maybe a few episodes ago, and they're going to be, they're doing both. But they did a poll, and they basically won the 777 first, because we don't have a good one now. And then the 787 afterwards, you're going to be doing both. But Brilliant. you, you've never flown the Rotate MD-80? You don't have that plane? Nope. No, I've flown the MD-80 and prepared, which is made by Leonardo, which is a phenomenal representation of the aircraft. And it was kind of one of those things of, do I want to invest in the same aircraft type okay. that I made once a month? 
you know, over two sims. The only reason why I've not flown it in, in, in X-Plane, I've seen from live streams and things phenomenal things about that aircraft. So it's not for, you know, reason of judging them that I've not got it. It's just for... You know, I've already got it in PC. I wanted you to get bitched at by a bitch in bed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, it's, I mean, you know, stabilizer motion. If you've not oh heard stabilizer motion, are you really a pilot? Yeah. Are you really a pilot? There you go. It's true. That. True. Oh, oh true. man. Mud flaps, stabilizer. Jesus Christ. Oh, <laughs> if you get one thing in that aircraft and you can really be screwed. It's, it's, it's quite funny because when I, I have flown the MD-80 in the past, I'll usually get one or two people who are quite experienced with it in. And you can just, you know, like the dialer flap, the fact that you have to reset like the dialer flap and the auxiliary hydraulic things on the first officer's side by his left knee and all it's like it's such a quirky freaky aircraft it's brilliant and i think the md11 is going to be really great as well i'm sure i think that's one thing that i look forward to with a new aircraft type is oh, learning gosh. the quirks about it yeah and learning the little things like oh my god i, I never knew that was a thing i've I've got good friends who are building of the uh ini builds team you know with the a300 and the a10 um, and the Beluga, and learning some of the weird, quirky facts about those aircraft, you know, it's just like, holy crap, this is a cool plane. Um, and it's maybe the things that your average, you know, flight simmer would never really care to find out about it and never read the documentation or watch a video to know about, and that's perfectly fine. But um, those are the kind of things I live for in flight sim, of going, hey, guys, did you know this little fact about this aircraft? And if you fit yeah. this switch in this position at this time, it's going to do that. You know, I love that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, uh, flying airplanes for me is like, I, for me to, okay, I'm started with flying Boeings, and then I switched to Airbus, and then I had to retrain my brain to do things backwards or differently or whatever. Oh. But the MD-80, I can fly it, I can get it off the ground, take off a land, but I still don't know the systems, like why you have to dial a flap and stuff. And I like to know that, just for my yeah. own headspace to say, okay, the reason I'm doing this is because it does this, this, this. You know, and uh, that's why I like, and that's the thing, you know, harken back to the different sims, what, why X-Plane, I think, will be around. Let me just say that, because it does have all those older airplanes that Absolutely. we probably won't see for a while in Microsoft Flight Sim, you know. Or so, will we? Oh, oh boy. <laughs> no, 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 I, I'm just teasing you all now. <laughs> it's true. It's true. We're getting all the stuff, man. MD-11, MD-88, uh, 7.5, 7.6, the old stuff without, you know, your huge glass cockpit. We're getting... We're getting those airplanes, you know. Um, it's weird because it took me a while to get used to, like, the big screens in the 787 and the Max. I'm like, eh, that's too modern. It's just like the G1000. I still mm -hmm. don't like it. You know, I like a six-pack, you know. So having those to fly an X-Plane is going to be a good thing going forward. So just like you, I think I'll still be flying the two sims that I fly now. I'm not going to give any up at all. I'm just pulling for each different sim to do, like, do this better, do this better, do this better. Keep us happy. Yeah, I think again we're we're still going to have choice. You know, it's not it's it's so far not been an overnight thing since MSFS came out that um, we've got all of these high fidelity aircraft in. You know, it released 16th or 18th of August 2020. We're here in uh, you know 25th of February 2022, um, and we've got three high fidelity airliners in in beta testing, all within the space of three weeks of each other by complete coincidence. But you know, it's taken a while to get to this stage. 
Um, and it's not going to be an overnight to get all of the other aircraft in to Microsoft Flight Simulator. I think PMDG said on a podcast not long ago that they potentially expected um, just to get their current fleet of the 777, the 737, and the 747 into Microsoft Flight Sim. That's going to take them well into 2023, if not further. Yes. You know, so it's a, it's a long-term thing. You know, it's yep. not going to be an overnight yep. You know, project as we found out, and that's the great thing. We've already got these well-established other simulators. X Plane Twelve, you know, you know, still going to be a great. I think, even though I'm still cautious about how much of an, you know, improvement it is going to be over Eleven, it's still going. We know it's going to be a stable and a really solid simulator, and there's going to be a really great amount of products out for it. Um, and that's the most important thing. P3D, it might be, we don't know what's going on with the development for it. I don't think it's going to keep up with X-Plane 11 or Microsoft Flight Sim. I don't think they're trying to keep up with those either. But it's still a solid sim. It still works. You can still load it up and fly some pretty cool aircraft in it, you know. And that's not going to change just because the other sims might be progressing in a in a more forward manner at a quicker pace. Um so I think going forward, we're still going to have a hell of a lot of choice. We're going to have even more choice. Um, and I hope that it doesn't divide the community further. I hope it brings us together as a community further, that people are you know, just accepting that everybody's going to enjoy different things. You know, I see, I see quite a lot of people who are very strong in their opinions, almost to a toxic level, about which simulator is best over the other. Who cares, man? As long as whatever simulator you're flying, you're having a good time in. You know, does it matter if it's the best sim over somebody else's flying experience? No. Who cares? You know, it's it's all about having fun at the end of the day, isn't it? True. And I'm glad when I'm flying online and I get a little conga line going with a bunch of people flying along, it's every mm. simulator that's in there. It's not just one. Yeah. Everybody's on Vatim, so it's good. Uh, all right. A couple of questions from the chat. I've been looking at it and having it go by here. And first yeah. one, somebody says, Chewy, what's your favorite aircraft in any sim? What's your most favorite aircraft in any sim? Uh, favorite aircraft in any simulator. I'm going to be an absolute tease right now oh, because man. nobody here can get their hands on it. And I am saying the Phoenix Airbus A320, and I'm not saying any more. Come on, man. Seriously. <laughs> Sorry, you asked the question. I'm giving you the honest answer here, okay? Wow. Wow. I, I mean, any just, sim, you know, though. Wow. Yeah. You wait. Uh-oh. Mm, right. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I mean, we've seen the NDA. videos. Yeah. <laughs> we've seen I have no idea how close I've been. I so a couple of a couple of weeks ago actually, I was I was flying and Amir, who's a good friend of mine, who's the lead project dev for Phoenix. Um he uh, he was in the chat and I'd been saying that, you know, like oh, I've been flying a little bit of VR, doing some testing in the Phoenix in VR. And he was like, all right, I can see you're absolutely gagging to just say it. So I'm giving you one cent. I'm lifting your NDA for one single sentence to tell chat what you thought about the Phoenix in VR. And so I shouted very loudly. It's absolutely fucking unbelievable. <laughs> and that was it. And it felt like a huge weight off my shoulders. I felt like, you know, I just had therapy or something. Oh, I was able to wow. actually say something. So, um, yeah. Um, I obviously I wish I believe me as much as it pains you for me to tease you all it pains me more that I can't tell you more um but yes my favorite aircraft that I've flown in all of flight simulation history for me is the Phoenix A320 and it's not even out yet you guys wait that is huge yeah. 
that is that is actually huge. I mean, people will think that I'm saying that because I'm involved with the project. The team know that I am completely unbiased on that. If I if there is something wrong with the aircraft, I will tell them that straight up. So please, I just want to give that as a disclaimer. It's not me trying to like promote the product. I'm not getting paid to say that or anything like right. that. Um, it's my genuine opinion, and that's why I'm on the team to give them my opinion as a flight simmer on it and i, I will stay on podcast i was gonna say i won't stay on here. this too long but it blows me away that you you would say that and again we're not gonna go into it because you can't but but blows me away that you would say that is a fact that we have literally so many airbus products for every sim right mm -hmm. that we've been airbussed out and yet the phoenix a320 yeah. is still yeah. gonna Curse. come out yet again the same plane we've been flying on every other sim <laughs> Is going to come out on Microsoft Flights and be so much better than anything else currently available. That's, anyways. So, <laughs> the last thing I'll say on it is let's go back to that topic that we talked about earlier on with immersion. Mm. Yeah. Think about the simulator and what we've got there. You guys have seen videos and pictures of what it looks like and, and oh, everything yeah. in the simulator. So, you, I'm not breaking NDA for you guys to be able to form your own opinions on that as well. You know, so let's think about this as a total product, right? Um, you know, everything plays into a factor with my decision to say that it's, you know, my favorite aircraft so far. I can't remember what was the other question, um, favorite aircraft IRL. I mean, I think the, the, the three, seven, four, seven, four hundreds in the background <laughs> here, specifically the RB211 engines is that, that, that's my answer straight away. You really like that 747, don't you? Yeah. I never got to fly on one with the RB211s, unfortunately, um, because of the pandemic, but, um, I was lucky enough to fly in the bubble of the 747-400, the, the top layer, four times with Virgin Atlantic. So, so that so that will do me. I've I've uh, I've only I've only flown on the top of the 747. So uh, yeah, yeah. The answer is still operating them. So I might have another chance with Lufty, but um, um, yeah. So that's my favorite one, IRL. Wow. Uh, any from your chat, Blue? What do you got? Uh, <clears throat> I don't think so, actually. Not, yeah, good. Everybody's been just. I don't want to know anymore. They're like, I'm going to bed now. I'm fed up with this uh, guy. I know. No, 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 no. Trust me. I mean, oh, wow. Is that the time already? Jeez. No. I know, right? But no, I, I, I love the discussion that we've been having because it's different than just the standard. Hey, okay, you were born in when you did this, but it's just we're talking about real flights and stuff that the ch my chat is saying that they want to hear. Mm -hmm. It's real. You know, you stay. You're keeping it real. As we love to say here in the States, not no BS about, well, this and that and the other stuff. And yeah. um, it's going to be exciting for us, man. Uh, I, I just, we can't wait. We have no patience anymore. Both for X-Plane 12 and both for uh, the Fenix and for Microsoft, uh, for PMDG. Can you believe that the Fenix guys actually got a real, a real airplane to scan? Did they tell you that story? So did they tell you that story? Yes, yes they, they did. did. On this okay, show. Cool. I'm, not saying, yeah, I'm, like, I'm, just, I'm, I'm so conscious, like, because the amount of times people have tried to bait me into telling information, and I'm like, oh, you know, don't say anything. And so, yes, that is correct. Yeah, I can't remember what airline it was or where they specifically. Yeah, don't say. Yeah. Um, mainly because, yeah, I can't remember. But, yeah, they did yeah. scan a real-world flight deck. So it's phenomenal. You'd see on the public Discord server for Phoenix, and people would see like a screenshot or something, and go, "Well, I'm not quite sure about the dimensions about that." And then they'll post like a 2D image that they found off Google, and it's like, "Cool, which one is more accurate? Our 3D scan model down to like two millimeter accuracy, or the 2D image that you've just found from a completely different angle on Google?" I think we'll go with our calculations. Um, so it's quite funny that 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 
you'll see people give those kind of interpretations on things and it's just like okay i don't know where you're getting that from but um yeah you know and that's just on a visual scale with the phoenix and stuff so yeah it's going to be i think there's going to be lots of comparisons between the different products you know we were even getting questions like which is going to be better the pmdg or the phoenix and i'm like dude one's an a320 the other's a 737 like they're going to be priced differently they're made by different companies you know like does it matter which how do you, you define both. you have to have both that's it so yeah. don't don't yeah. compare them it's like i mean i i, I yeah. predict these companies are going to make an absolute killing you oh, know yeah. when they all come out um, as they, sh- as they really should are. absolutely uh, as they should is we said it earlier on right it's win 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 yep. win win they make more money they get to make more cool products for us we get to have more stuff in the sim right who loses in that yep. scenario here's another question and again um as of right now today which simulator would you recommend somebody buying? And I know it's a tough question to answer because I get it asked all the time. Oh, which sim should, should I get a P3D uh, explainer or Microsoft Flight Sim? Like right yeah. now, you know, that's a question I get. When you get, have it, you ever gotten that um, question? What would you say? It purely depends on the type of flight simulation that you want to do and how much money you're willing to invest in the simulator. If you are purely a long haul airliner guy with a lot of money to spare, I would still recommend Prepared because it's got the best at the moment, 747, 400, and dash 8, 777, and 787, um, which are kind of like your big three. It's not really got much Airbus-wise, but I still think it's there. X-Plane is certainly catching up in that regard. But P3D is, apart from that, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, apart from those factors, and if you are very excited about Concord and you're like a Concord fanatic, even though we've got no idea how long that's going to take until release for, for FS Labs, those are the only reasons I'd really go for P3D. Honestly, as an overall product right now, especially again with what's on the horizon with airliners and stuff and just how accessible it is with general aviation and the freeware stuff with scenery and how easy it is to to you know download things from flightsim.to and stuff, I'm going to say Microsoft Flight Simulator um, for, for, for the vast majority of people. However, um, you still won't go wrong with X-Plane 11 if you do decide to choose it. I think there's, I think some people, when they ask that question about which simulator should I go for, are worried that they're going to make the wrong choice. Whichever one you pick, you're not necessarily going to make the wrong choice. Just spend a bit of time working out what type of flying you want to do and spend a bit of time you know, doing a bit of research as to which simulator would be the best choice for that type of flying that you want to do. And if you don't know what type of flying you want to do, I would go for Microsoft Flight Simulator because, well, I don't know. Again, it changes day to day. Sometimes I might say Microsoft Flight Sim. The other day I might say x 11 or going into 12. Yeah. Um, yeah. The only thing that I would err on the caution with with x 11 is that if you buy it full price now, um, we don't know. There's a pricing scheme that's coming into place with x 12, right? Not for so when it's going to kick in. Yeah, we yeah. don't know when x 12 is coming out. So there's a very good chance that if you buy x 11 now, you might then have to pay full price for another brand new simulator with X-Plane 12 um, because we don't know when that's coming out. So that's a financial factor yep. to, to, to weigh in as well. That's great. great. All right. Another question, a little different subject. Um, and it's on the, the subject of AI ATC in all these simulators. Somebody in the chat just says, did developers give up on making AI ATC or is it that VATSIM is so good there's no need for it? Where do you stand on the in-game ATC versus flying with VATSIM. Where do you stand on that? I've I never been an 
Yeah, I've never been an AI ATC guy. It's just not my cup of tea, to be totally honest with you. Um, I can understand why some people might like it for different factors. Nerves, if they don't want to fly on the network, if they just kind of want to chill out and do their own thing and they want to take a little bit of pressure off things and stuff like that, and they just might find it more fun. I've never really been too much of a guy on that. I always find that I have a much more... Oh, what's the word that I'm thinking of at quarter to one in the morning? Um not vivid but it, it feels more tangible again with that immersion level of things when i'm speaking to a real human on the vatsim network or when i'm flying with my friends on the vatsim network i always feel that you'll get the better flying experience and quite frankly i think that you will learn a heck of a lot more about flight simulation if you fly um on a multiplayer network it doesn't have to be vatsim over ai atc because ai atc a lot of the time you're just kind of if you're doing it via text i think a lot of the software is like you'll just well, I remember the FSX days, you like hit a button, one to reply a firm, two to reply negative, cannot comply with your actions, blah, 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 you know. And I don't know what their softwares are like nowadays. They're probably a hell of a lot more complex, but it's still not quite going to be the same as getting a full IFR clearance and reading it back to somebody over the internet, a live human being on the other end of the scope, right? Yeah. Um, and I think you get a hell of a lot better of a learning experience and be can be become and progress as a flight simulator pilot a lot quicker and a lot better doing it that way. It's not to discount anybody who does like AIATC, if that's their cup of tea, as we would say here in England. Cool. But um, yeah, I think, that, I think it goes out the window. Yeah, you're not going to get vectored into a mountain from the from Vatsim, but in the um, No, you might. <laughs> but but it's, it's hilarious. It, it makes it even more funny when it does happen on Vatsim because then you have to... The, the thing is, with the level of quality on Vatsim ATC and things like that is that they are so bloody good, a lot of these uh, traffic controllers, is that it takes them to do something wrong for you to actually go, oh God, these guys aren't trained professionals getting paid for this. I should probably not be quite so critical of them when they make a mistake because the mistakes are so rare. Um, you know, and so we're very, very blessed to have such great ATC on not just Fatsim again, on the other networks as well, I'm sure. Um, so um, yeah, it, it makes it, even if they do try and fly you into a mountain, it makes it that much more funny um, than just an AI <laughs> robot. Some, or someone when they forget wants to about you. What Exactly. Oh, they forget about you. Exactly. Yeah. Someone wants to know what's your favorite uh, kind of VATSIM events to fly on? Is it cross the pond? Is it local? Uh, yeah. I mean, cross the pond is always kind of like the big one to go to, right? They're always really great fun um, because they're just like an event that you kind of do. It's almost like tradition that you get involved with them, right? They're, they're, they're really good. But my favorite types of things on VATSIM are the spontaneous things, not necessarily an event where I'll log in on the day and I'll have 10 viewers decide to join. And, you know, a couple of people that I know might log on, like today, um, I had a good friend of mine who's actually training to be a real world air traffic controller in Geneva, who I'm going to visit next month in Geneva and go and take a tour there, which is really cool. He just logged on Paris for us and, um, you know, and, and vectored about, I think there was about seven of us flying from Leeds to Paris today. And I love those kind of things on Vatsim where you've just got like a nice steady group of people who are all communicating well with each other. If there's no ATC or you've got people that you know logging on. But I think the thing that I love the most about it is when you go to a region that you don't necessarily expect air traffic control. The amount of times that I've flown in China or somewhere like Tel Aviv, oh and they're not necessarily the regions that you would expect to get air traffic control on, especially at the times that I stream. And then they come on and they absolutely nail the sequencing. 
entirely professional. They staff up the whole region, and you can genuinely tell that they appreciate that you've brought some traffic their way. That, to me, is like way more enjoyable than Cross the Pond, really. I love Cross the Pond, but those are the moments where I'm like, yeah, I love that sim. This is awesome. I just yeah, want to add another thing yeah. I love is when you go to places, like you said, and you hear the authentic accents of the region. Oh. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. Yes. It's so cool, right? It's almost weird when they're not authentic. I flew into Cape Town the other day, and the guy sounded more British than I do. Like, oh, that's weird. I think, you know, it's still cool, right? It's still cool. Yeah, I love that. I, and, and, you know, and you, know, you realize that it's like, Again, if I fly into Hong Kong and it's like three o'clock in the morning there, so I'm like, what are you doing? Do you not have work tomorrow? You're coming on to control me on, you know, and they're like, yeah, we don't care. You know, we, you know I, I think that's brilliant. I absolutely <laughs> love that. And, you know, uh, it sounds so cliche to say, but flight simulators, it's a global thing, right? We can fly across the whole globe. So then to match it up with speaking to people across the whole globe on these networks and stuff like that, it just kind of creates this beautiful kind of, um thing and I, I think with everything going on in the world right now especially you know having a bit of harmony across the world with silly things like flight simulation and flying in different regions of the world is is something that we all need a little bit of right yeah let's yeah. bring us together yeah i mean just seeing in chat somebody shows those up and go oh i'm watching you from bangladesh or i'm watching you mm. from i'm like what okay cool welcome aboard I'm or, or somewhere you. somewhere you're surprised they have internet you're like, oh, cool. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. You, like, you, you want to be politically incorrect and go, you have internet there? Really? <laughs> yeah. I know. That's not good. Uh, real not quick, good. I do have a question in my chat that you probably can't answer, so you don't have to. Um, but I do okay. want to respect them by at least asking their question. They want to know two things. Are you already playing X-Plane 12? And are you testing the PNDG 737? Uh, no and no okay. to both of those. So I can answer both of them and no and no. I've In my <laughs> six years of flying flight simulation, I've even been in the same room as X-Plane developers on numerous occasions, and I've never spoken to one of them. I mean, yes, it's just on me to take the onus and go and meet one of them, but never had any... The only... I make a for years before Microsoft Flight Simulator came out. I've made a living off of Lockheed Martin's prepared and Laminar Research's X Plane Eleven. I have never had any communication with either of those developers, not mm. once. Mm. Crazy, right? Mm. Crazy. That's, yeah. I mean, it, I mean, I don't want to speak highly of ourselves as streamers, but we do bring the the uh, what do you call that advertising for the platform. That, that is are. a whole topic that we could spend oh hours talking about <laughs> on content creators and mm -hmm. advertising things. And this is one thing. It's like, I think a lot of people are under the impression that we as content creators will give reviews when we get stuff for free. That is not the case whatsoever. I'm very good friends. Again, I've said it with the team at INI Builds, and they give me their products for free and stuff like that. But they know that it is on the onus that if I have an issue with the product, they will, you know, I will tell it to them. Like, for example, with their new Heathrow scenery that's just released today for Microsoft Flight Simulator, they even made a joke like, oh, it will release publicly for you guys this week as long as Chewie doesn't break it beforehand and oh, wow. tell us all about it, you know. <laughs> and they, wow. they as a company really kind of value the impact that a content creator can have on their sales. And I don't think there's a lot of companies in the flight sim industry that do that. And that's up to them. We're a very, very small community. Every sale counts to a lot of these people, right? So I get that. But, um, you know, um, 
in other big title games and stuff like that, you would have content creators not only getting products for free, but being paid to advertise those products a lot of the time. Um, And that is very, very, very seldom heard of in Flight Simulator. I've only ever been contacted to financially promote something, I'd say twice in my six years. And both of those things haven't necessarily been Flight Simulator related. One of them was the... um, uh, was the graphics card via, via NVIDIA project that I did with them um, through Microsoft Flight Simulator, but it was directly through NVIDIA, you know. So it's very rare that that companies value us content creators as a promotional thing. It, it doesn't, I don't think it costs them anything to give us a free code. Mm-mm. If we then go and stream it in front of a couple of hundred people and make a couple of sales for them, they've made profit. Yeah. And yep. we're happy because we get to stream the thing early or stream it for free and have a great time with it. Who the heck is damaged in that? But we're still, unfortunately, in a, in a time where a lot of developers don't quite realize the power of that. Maybe one day they'll wake up. Maybe they won't. We'll still keep buying their products anyway, won't they? So maybe that's why. Maybe we need to stand up and unite as content creators and say no. Can I can I say this just publicly one time? Go ahead. It wasn't Go recently, ahead. but one time, you know, because I understood kind of that whole thing. But uh, one time, I I asked, I talked to a developer, and I was like, kind of the same concept, just basically, you know, I can advertise or show your scenery or plane product, whatever that may be. And they weren't really sending copies out to anyone. Like I, I wasn't seeing anybody, no creator. It doesn't matter how big or small they were. I wasn't seeing anybody getting it for free. And the thing they said to me, I'm not gonna say who it was, but they said, uh, no, I, I, th- I, don't, I don't think we need that because once it releases, people are gonna buy it anyways and they're gonna make reviews about it. And I was like, you know, you're, you're, not, you're not lying. It's true. <laughs> I mean, if you don't give it to us, we probably will still buy it and still review it. I think it. that's such an obtuse way to look at it. And I think that's almost <laughs> an arrogant way to look at it, in yes. my honest opinion. I think that's an arrogant way of looking at it. Like, no, ah, it's going to sell anyway. That's like saying Call of Duty again on big tiles like that. They don't need to do any trailers or posters or anything like that because they know people are going to, you know, buy the game when it comes out. I'm pretty sure... You know, marketing and advertisement, how how many decades has that been around now? I'm pretty sure it's around for a reason, right? You know, um, I, I and I think that's the problem that a lot of people have is some of these companies think we can stick up a couple of screenshots and a couple of trailers on YouTube and it will do the same marketing job as, you know, as these other big title games and stuff like that. When they don't realize that a lot of the drive towards people buying products and stuff like that comes down to the review of content creators. Why? Because we're in a position of trust, right? People trust our opinions. What are they going to trust more? What is going to sell, in my opinion, the way that I look at it from a content creator standpoint is what is going to make a consumer buy a product more? A two minute trailer that you invest in and spend a hell of a lot of time doing or a content creator doing a YouTube review of it and giving their opinion on it and showing it off for you. What's going to sell more? I think the second one, personally. I, I could tell you personally that whenever anything drops, uh, scenery, airplane, uh, hardware, somebody asked about in chat, we didn't even talk about that yet. I don't look at the trailer or the pictures. I go to the first stream I see streaming it, and I go look and see what it looks like in actual real life mm-hmm. being used by somebody who wasn't coached or you know, told what to do. It's just like their first take on the product. That's the yeah. best selling thing to me. And so I don't understand why. I do have to shout out one developer that did go the extra mile and go, hey, this is not a promotion, but here you go. You can have all my stuff whenever you want. 
and you know because i like the fact that you always fly to my scenery and that mm. was a latin vfr and i was like wow yeah. you know i was like thank you you know what I mean? I appreciate that. So you're absolutely right. Look, this is a whole new subject. We could go on because me and me and Kate talk about it. We talk about this all the time. <laughs> so, yeah. We got to touch on this real quick. Can't talk about uh, flights and without talking about hardware and where we are uh-huh. now in hardware. And yes, I'm biased because I think that we finally have like the best yoke ever. But hardware, uh, flight simming, man, what, what's your thought on that? Again, it goes back to choice, right? I get the question almost daily. What's the best yoke out there? I mean, I should always have a disclaimer in front. I am officially sponsored with Thrustmaster, so I do promote their products primarily. So if anybody out there takes what I'm about to say as complete bias towards Thrustmaster, I will not be offended. I've been using their products for years before I was ever officially sponsored by them, and I only work with companies in a sponsorship capacity if I feel that I want to promote their products. I'm not going to promote absolute crap out there just because I'm getting paid for it kind of thing. That's not how I think anybody should roll, and especially not how I roll. Mm -hmm. But I always state it. You know, people come in to me asking, you know, is the Honeycomb better? Is the Logitech better? Is the new Turtle Beach yoke better? And I'm like, the thing is, is that there's, again, it's got choice, right? Only a couple of years ago, we only had the... Honestly, and it's nothing to do with Thrustmaster, the crappy Logitech yoke, because it is crappy, um, that people still rely on, but it's still the same technology as SciTech had out, as I said, in like 2008. Um, You know, that was the only choice that we had. But, you know, like with the Thrustmaster one, it's a completely different system, right? It's the pendular system. You get that more airliner feel, whilst the Honeycomb has got the more generic, uh, general aviation, sorry, style yoke with the the push-pull kind of mechanism with the rod at the back, you know? So you've got, you know, like, again, in a way, how can you really compare them as to which is the better one and which should you buy? Because they feel entirely different. They do. I've used both. I've got both. They do feel entirely, you know, different. And so it's great that we've got choice out there. The, the amount of joysticks that, you know, people can pick up now and, and use. Um, I mean, whether there's a whole lot of innovation with that going on at the moment, I don't know. I'd still love there to be force feedback. I've got yes. no idea technologically how awfully difficult that would be to make. Um, I dread to think the things that would have to go into place to make a realistic force feedback, you know, flight control system. Um, I don't know whether it's even possible, but right. we we thought that Microsoft Flight Sim wasn't possible until that True. got announced, right? Yeah, so, force feedback know. at consumer prices, we should say. Oh, oh yeah. That's yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it would be absolutely ridiculous. The, the the only the first and only time that I've ever flown a real world aircraft, it was ridiculous to me how intuitive it was to actually trim because you could feel the response. You don't get that. You just have to go off visuals in the simulator, and we've just kind of all got used to just going off visual trimming, right? Um, so I think that would be the thing that I would love to see. I would love to see force feedback. I think a lot of people in the community would share that sentiment as well. Whether it's possible or not, we don't know, but it's possible. We'll I know it's possible. They're doing it with, with racing wheels. If it can be done with a racing wheel, mm. it can be done with a flight sim hardware. Yeah, maybe I'll get onto my guys at Thrustmaster and be like, yo. <laughs> Yeah. come on yeah seriously now for me what for me what's missing now because i have the uh the tca uh, airbus from thrustmaster stuff here the throttle quadrant with the flap lever and the brakes and all that stuff i want a boeing one i want a boeing throttle that moves 
So when I do auto I do auto throttle disconnect, the the lever is in the correct position. Oh, so you want the yeah, you want the motorized. Motorized, yeah. yes, dude. That's yeah, what I motorized want. quadrants. That would be yeah. pretty freaking cool. And I mean, yeah. they could do it with the yoke as well, like where the yoke actually moves in in real life as well. The nerd sense is tingling, doesn't it? it that so, one. Yeah. Oh my word. So we have we have hopes and dreams for the future, guys. We haven't seen anything yet. Uh, we are three flight simmers who just enjoy the hobby, enjoy the trade, and continue to do it. I would ask you, you know, um, how do you keep yourself from burning out from doing this every so every other day or so? How do you how do you keep keep yourself going? I think the absolute answer to that is I don't. I burn out. And I think it's absolutely perfectly acceptable to do that. Uh, you know, I'm going into my, well, yeah, seventh year of streaming Flight Simulator now. I've been doing it. I'm going into my sixth year of doing it as a job. So that's five days a week, every week with very, very, very few holidays wow. for five years now. I burn out. I don't make any lie of that. I don't try and get around that. I, people will see me on live stream and I'm like, guys, I just can't be bothered to fly today. And I think that's perfectly fine to accept that. You know, it, I don't think there's a lot of people who could, and I wouldn't expect a lot of people to put themselves in my shoes. And I think the thing at the end of the day is that I always realize how absolutely, utterly and completely privileged I am to be able to do this as my job. And even if I do get burnt out and I'm like, oh, for God's sake, I do not want to go on a flight sim today. Give it a couple of days away from the computer. Let me go and do some real world things away. And I'm right back at it again and I'm ready to go. And that's always been the case. And, you know, there's the age old question of how long is this going to go for? How long am I going to keep doing this? I think I'll know when I'm ready to kind of stop doing flight simulation or cut down on the content creation where I have those, where I come back and I, I still don't want to do it. You know, I I'll take a couple of days off or I'll take a week off and stuff like that. And I'm in desperate need of a holiday right now, but aren't we all, um, yep. you know, but, um, whenever I have a break, I always come back and want to do flight simulation again, and I can't wait to do it. And I feel so, so, so blessed and so, so privileged that I'm part of this community. And you said you called me OG earlier on and I, and it kind of actually made me think like, Maybe I am OG. You know, I, I have been doing this for quite a while now. I have yeah. been, been making content for quite a, you know, quite quite a bit. Um, and I don't ever take those things for granted. I really don't. And so, yeah, I do get burnt out, and I perfectly accept that. And I think that's a totally natural thing to do in in all hobbies and in all you know jobs and stuff like that. I think if I think if a lot of people accepted that they get burnt out at things and just kind of in, embraced the burnout it's a really weird statement to say i think a lot of people's mental health would potentially be in a much better state than it might be um so yeah, admit it deal with it and then come back fresh yeah, yeah do you have any goals beyond flight sim or anything like that like I like like you said you've been doing this for six seven years like are you yeah. do you just want to kind of keep doing it the same way do you have anything any ways you kind of want to reshape the community yourself or just like what, what kind of what's your goal <laughs> yeah i know i think that's a really great question and i think that's a really difficult one to answer because i think it's really healthy for a lot of people to have a goal um i not i'll be honest with you i've not necessarily got a goal within flight simulation if i did was to say i would have a goal it would just be to continue having fun um, that's what I've been doing from day one, and it's been working for however many years I've been doing it so far. So my goal is to just continue having fun with it, because if I'm not having fun with it, then I'm, the content's going to slack and things are going to you know, fall away. 
And, you know, I'd love to get into a little bit more variety content creation, but because I have solely concentrated on Flight Simulator for so long, I realized and I accepted a long time ago that that isn't going to happen. I'll occasionally stream something like Farming Simulator or Euro Truck Sim or American Let's Truck go. Sim just for a bit of a laugh. I don't expect to do it as a monetary thing um or you know to get the same analytics as i do in flight simulation but i don't do it for those reasons whatsoever and i think it would take a heck of a lot of work and be a huge and really uncalculated risk for me to try and adapt my content into more of those you know into more of those things than that but um yeah i mean i think variety is great and you know doing it every now and again is good fun um i just love to keep going with things and, and really try and I think push with with what this year is going to be and what 22's got ahead um and the things that we've got that we've already discussed in depth today that we've got on the horizon for the sim um i hope that i can kind of um maintain the level of content and the level of enthusiasm that i've so far had for these things i'm sure i will i'm sure just the content that that we're going to have sorry the, the products that we're going to have is going to make the content amazing on its own hopefully it's going to be little work from all of us right we're just going to be able to enjoy these things and then the good content will flow mm -hmm. um you know if you, what's the saying something like if you enjoy your work you'll never work a day in your life right i think right, that's the right. old quote that's the, oh, you do work but at least you enjoy it yes yeah. <laughs> that's it wow. oh yeah I mean, wow. there are days where, where it certainly is work and a lot I... of people don't know the stuff that goes off camera right but, mm -hmm. yeah Yes. I do want to say to kind of like bring it all together and and kind of back to what you said about me calling you an OG earlier uh, is the mm. fact that there's a lot of people, especially in the last two, three years with Microsoft Flight Sim coming out and a whole new audience joining the Flight Sim community, you know, at all ages. But a lot of them are coming in a lot younger as well. And mm. I think that, you know, however long you are doing this, you know, at, w at whatever point you decide to step away or step down, uh, you'll always be remembered. Like in the community, you always have kids and teenagers and adults who've like, man, you remember when Chewie, you know what I mean? Like, you, like you may not, I'm just, I just kind of want to encourage you. Like you may not realize it because you've been so, you know, at it, you've been grinding, you've been doing this, that you may not realize how big of an impact that you are currently making on generations to come of not only flight simmers but future aviators mm. yep i mean I, I i sit here and play flight simulator in my pajamas you know that that's the genuine way that i see it i don't see it as anything more than that and maybe that's been almost the the, the recipe to my success which may <laughs> sound a little bit arrogant but i never see my i've never ever and i hate to see myself as anybody above anybody else in the community um I hate with a seething passion the word fame or something like that, you, you know, mm. because I, I, I'm just like everybody else, right? I'm just a fan of simulation at the, at the core of my being. I'm just a fan of flight simulation. I've just been very lucky enough to be able to provide a, an income for myself and everything like that and call it my job, which without I wouldn't be able to do without all the people who have supported me. So as much as it might be a thing where people you know say you know like you, you might say that like i'm an og and people even after i finish streaming will go back and watch my things and remember me and stuff like that i don't quite think the community has grasped exactly what they've done 
for me and that's what my driving force is every single day is the same people coming into my channel and supporting me and supporting everybody else as well and seeing familiar names in other channels not just my own right um and so it, it totally goes both ways as much as i might have an impact on somebody with my content and you know hopefully brighten up their day a bit and, and things like that um it's what they do for me and what you know the the impact the profound impact that this community has had on my life both professionally and personally um that keeps me coming back for more and you know i've worked at the reason why i we didn't delve into it but the reason why i left the broadcasting industry was because of how horribly toxic it was it was mm. awful wow. you know death threats daily it was wow. awful it was horrible horrible and it's still going on to this day i've got friends who still work in that industry and i'm like i don't know how you mentally cope with that I've, i i don't know how you do it you've got much thicker skin than me we're lucky we don't have to deal with that in flight sim you know we really don't i i remember one content creator who will rename name uh, name remain nameless um talked about how toxic the flight simulation community was i'm like whoa, whoa. <laughs> if you think you know if you think flight sim is toxic you should go and spend half an hour on the league of legends subreddit and then come oh, back to <laughs> you know, it's oh, child's play. Yeah. Oh, like, i have one last question one last question um in your free time if you have any um <laughs> Who are you watching? Like on like as far as it doesn't have to be flight sim streamers, but like who are you yeah. watching as far as content creators? Like like if you're just gonna turn on Twitch or YouTube or whatever, you're just chilling watching stuff, like who are you watching? Yeah, that's a really good question, actually. So recently again with like kind of like my farming simulator stuff, I've been all over a guy called Daggerwin. Who I think for the last six or seven years has uploaded a farming simulator video every single day, pretty much bar none or so. Oh and his like and the videos uh, editing style is he's got like eight hundred thousand subscribers, so he's really worked for it. Like I think I grind content creation. This dude is on another freaking level. Wow. And he's great. And he's just really kind of chill and I love the style of editing that he does. So I've been watching a lot of his stuff recently, completely away from any sort of gaming content creation as well. There's like, I never, I freaking hate camping, but there's a guy <laughs> called, I think it's Xander Budnick or something like that on YouTube. He's Canadian. I'm sorry if I've murdered the pronunciation of his name. And he does kind of like wilderness camping. And again, I love his production quality and the, and the way that he films things and stuff like that. And the drone shots that he does. So, so I love those kind of things. Um, that guy's Honestly, by himself, isn't it? I mean, to cut, he's he's by himself, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, he does a lot of stuff by himself. Yeah, in like the, you know, yep. sleeping out under just a single tarp in minus thirty degrees centigrade or something like that. You know, like ridiculous. Um. So yeah. Um. I uh. I I watch a lot of that stuff. I, I'll be totally honest with you, and I don't mind admitting this. I don't watch a whole lot of flight simulation content, and that's not to be offensive towards any other content creators because I know there are a plethora of incredible content creators out there. But I think, to be totally honest with you, when you live and breathe flight simulation as a job like I do, it's really nice to just be able to get away from it and sometimes i will go and watch streams and i'll go and lurk in friend stream and chat a little bit and you know and, and watch stuff here and there i love that dave or 757 spy i think he's absolutely hilarious he's such a good laugh to watch because he's just the most optimistic person i think i've ever experienced <laughs> in my life um it's hilarious i love him 
Um, but I don't really watch a whole lot of flight sim content creation. I really don't. And I probably should watch some more, to be honest with you. But, you know, um, I just spend my free time doing other things, really. Um, it's not that I kind of see flight simulation as just a job and nothing else. But I think it just helps me somewhat compartmentalize it a little bit and be able to have an escape away from my work and then come back to it somewhat, if that makes any sense. I yeah, don't know. Makes sense. That. Makes complete Five sense. Five days a week at four hours plus each each stream will do it to you. So yeah. I hear you. Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, it's Chewy. The OG. Thank you. I know, I know. So much. <laughs> we could go on for hours. I absolutely appreciate you coming on the show and just letting uh, um, the audience in on what you do, how you do it, recommendations, takes, opinions. And your audience know that you already have your opinions, and that's it. That they love it. And we're getting a taste of that today. So thank you so much, man. I absolutely appreciate that you agreed to come on the show. I know it's what, 2 a.m. for you now or 2.30? Quarter past one, so that's not too bad. No, we're good. Okay. We're good. Okay. We're okay. good, go. good. I appreciate it, man. Blue, go ahead. <clears throat> yeah, man. Just uh, like you said, appreciate you coming on the show, man. Definitely honored, man. I've always definitely uh, personally looked up to you and your channel and the things you've been doing. Uh, so keep keep going, man. Keep grinding out and uh, just you know being a good role model for the community. I'll do my best. I mean, I'm I'm still going to sit here in my pajamas and play flight sim. That's certainly not changing anytime soon. But th th thank you both. It's nice just to chat. You know, I feel like a lot of the time as content creators, regardless of whether it's on a podcasting, we don't just get to chat with each we other don't. and just chill and hang out, right? No. Yeah. You know, so no, I, uh, I've loved it. You know, this is only my second ever time doing a podcast kind of thing. So it's been a, a real pleasure and a privilege to, to chat with both of you. And thanks to anybody who's watching, whatever time it is. I, you know, I've not really kept up too much with people who are watching on the channels and stuff like that. But I hope they've all enjoyed as well as garbling on here for an hour and 45 minutes or so. <laughs> yeah. I hope you've all enjoyed it and stuff. And on it with you guys, best of luck with the podcast. Did you say, so this is episode 23 going into 24 next episode. So, I mean, yeah. congrats on that. You guys should keep it up and stuff. I, I look forward to to watching some more coming up in the future. Do you know do you know who you have next on? Have you guys planned that or I can't we I don't uh, know if it's is it locked in? I don't I don't I don't wanna say yet. I'm not Yeah. We know but yeah. we, we don't Everybody wanna... should be really excited about it, right? Yes. Everybody should be like yeah. really excited about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of set you up there. Look, me and Blue used to talk all the time on the phone for hours and we're like, why don't we just like record ourselves talking or just go live and talk and invite people on? And you as a guest is exactly what we wanted when we talked about it. So this works out perfect. Oh man, appreciate it so much. Uh, so you stream what, uh, five days a week on Twitch and then YouTube yeah. videos afterwards, something like that? Yeah, so Monday to Friday, 3 p.m., like on the dot. I'm pedantic about it. Literally, I see the clock turn 3 o'clock and I click the go live button. Anybody who knows me will know that I do that. It's just my thing. So yeah, Monday through Friday at 3 o'clock. Although that being said, it's really ironic because I'm going to go live earlier tomorrow, but that's another topic. And then, yeah, you know, like, I'll, you know, I at least do one YouTube video a month. I've been really slacking on my YouTube game recently, again, just for kind of trying to take some time away from flights and stuff and, and things. But yeah, so occasionally YouTube videos here and there. I rant loads of crap on twitter as well so you know all sorts. <laughs> and yep chewy 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 alice see i want you i know <laughs> the music right a uh, blue what you got coming up man what are you uh doing? tomorrow i'm actually gonna be hopping in dcs world uh looking forward to that 
it's gonna be pretty freaking dope honestly i could have done that all week long but i was like you know what the community was asking me to fly to 787 so i just did what they want uh but tomorrow tomorrow's stream is for me <laughs> so nice. uh, what you got going on xp uh, tomorrow I'm going to finish up the Middle East tour I was doing. We're doing Kuwait to Doha and Microsoft flights. I'm looking forward to that one. And then Saturday I have a Flight Factor event, this huge giveaway from Flight Factor. Any planes they have in their arsenal, they're giving away, including the ones that are coming up later. Ooh, whenever they're available. Damn. So it's uh, three of us doing it. Me, uh, Flight that's the same, um, Kuwait pilot. So that's going to be tomorrow, 12 p.m. Eastern. It's going to be, no, Saturday, 12 p.m. Eastern. So I'm looking forward to that one back in the 7th, 6th. But that's it. We're going to do our thing. Gentlemen, oh, yeah. thank you so much. Absolutely. Chewy, thank you again, again, again. Can't thank you enough for being okay. here for the show. Blue. You know what you say, man. Go ahead. Take us out, bro. And of course, you guys, if you uh, want to listen back to this or the other 22 episodes or the future episodes, uh, these will all be posted on Spotify and uh, Apple Music coming soon. Or you can just watch it on YouTube, whichever is up for you. But uh, as I always say, remember, you have three choices. Give up, give in, and give it all. You got peace, love, and God bless you. We will see you guys next time, next video. We all the way out. Peace. Yeah. <laughs>